You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. We've got a big cast for you this week. Oh Joining boy. us is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne. I'm in the center. And here comes a new challenger. David Griffin is joining us for his first time. Let's all be gentle with him. Thanks for having uh, me. David is a new member of our editorial team down in our LA office covering the uh, streaming television space. He reviewed uh, Stranger Things Season 2 for us, and he's currently working on The Punisher review, which is uh, should be up next week, I believe. Is that Monday? Look for some coverage on Monday. Coming, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the, the spoiler-free yeah. preview review is Monday, mm-hmm. and yes. then the full binge. David yeah. is going to be like in his home just binge-watching the rest of The Punisher yeah. and like binge-writing yeah. reviews. I'm excited to see that one. And that voice you're hearing is, of course, Terry Schwartz joining us again. Welcome back, Terry. Thank you. I look to be better maybe in 20 questions, but Let's also see. might just what, like... Did we win last time? Yeah, but with no help from me. I think oh. the, the, the second. Well, what was the qu- game? <laughs> I don't even, I Did it come out after two thousand? <laughs> no, it was so it was so early. Like I stopped answering questions halfway through because I was like, or yeah, asking these, questions. Yeah, I was like, I'm no help. These guys are going. They need all the help they can get. I they, heard that you guys want to lose in. Been been on on losing well, what yeah. were before, between you two? What were your first consoles? <laughs> so we know what year we can rely on you for. Mm. Like oh, Game P- Boy Color. And that's N64. good. That's good. That, that gets you halfway back there. Great. PC. It was a it was a Macintosh. It was Apple of some kind. So oh, in the Apple CD-ROM era. Yeah. No, before that it was floppy disks. Yeah. Floppy disks. Big floppy disks. So yeah. so in the 2E era. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, now All we're right. talking. All right. Back I think we're gonna be you, good. Then. You can stay. Thank you. Thank you. Prince I, of Persia, black and white. You can also stay. We love you. No, we we have a great show for you this week. We're gonna talk about Resident Evil Seven. We're gonna talk about a very gross term called recurrent consumer spending. Oh boy. So. That's in Resident Evil 7. It's the third boss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's... um 
it's impossible to defeat. Uh, but first, <laughs> but first, breaking news. David's getting worried. There's nothing in your ear. Why are you doing that? No, they have new technology. That's how they send. They beam it to me now. We we found out today. EA Electronic Arts has bought Respawn, developer of Titanfalls One and Two, mm-hmm. for a deal that is worth up to 455 million if certain uh, checkpoints are are reached over the years. Uh, there will no layoffs are involved. This is they they they're presenting it as a good thing. Vince Sempella remains in charge of Respawn. They will continue work on their Star Wars game and apparently Titanfall Three, which is a thing. Uh, what do you guys make of this news? Justin, I know you had some thoughts about this. I mean, I think it's good news. I think, well, first of all, Titanfall 2 didn't sell very well. So we are yeah. kind of worried about But it's a Respawn. very good game. Well, you know, we heard they that had EA... had a tough release window. Yeah. EA is uh, having a tough time, you know, getting their AAA Star Wars games out the door. And we knew Respawn was working on a Star Wars game. And Titanfall 2 didn't sell well. And so, you know, absent any insider knowledge or anything, we were just like, man, is Respawn okay? And uh, so it's really wonderful mm-hmm. to see, you know, they made a really, really high quality game and see that, you know, rewarded with, you know, they're going to have some safety, presumably, for at least in the short term under the EA umbrella. M- my big question was, what, what does EA get out of it? Mm-hmm. They've published all of their games already. Yeah, they already get that big publisher money. Why do they need to own the developer? And so what mm-hmm. I, you know, so I'm a little unclear on owning the developer. Um, and I asked Marty that same thing. He's like, maybe it's just putting a ring on it. Like they're working well together. Yeah, like, do you think it's just acquisitions? Like just yeah. nice to have it as part of the EA umbrella? Well, maybe they're going to make them make mobile games. There's some rumors that the contract, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're seeing uh, to give credit where credit's due. Kotaku is doing additional reporting on this and they're saying that EA had first right of refusal if, mm-hmm. a, if someone else wanted to buy Respawn, lot. EA got the opportunity okay. to buy them first, and that Nexon and some other companies had come kind of sniffing around Respawn, and that triggered, hey, we like you, we'll buy and you. And it's no secret, but, yeah. uh, the Omega Cops, we were going to buy them. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> we had really our money. Soon. We're going to talk about it after this now episode. But. that the deal is public, we can say we did have an offer in. Yeah. Our offer Game was not... specifically. It was not yeah. quite as high as $455 million. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, the context, too, like you bring up the Star Wars game, and, and it's good news in my perspective for that, that that game can still come to fruition. But there also was big news in the Disney realm that uh, Disney announced that there will be a new trilogy of Star Wars movies and a live-action TV show coming at some point, probably after late 2019. So I wonder if part of it is still like... Did you feel like you said that sentence like six years ago? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And it was about what we're we're seeing right now? But but I wonder like if, if the timing is... Potentially, like mm. similar, that there is some yeah, thread there. On the same day, the sun yeah. never sets on Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. the world of Star Wars. Empire well, it's just such Wars a big too. title. I mean, just the fact that they have, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Dice, you know, doing their game, of course, the Battlefront, and then yeah. with this, I mean, it's just Star Wars is it's bankable. You know, it's great to have it. So if you're gonna have a Star Wars developer or a guy making a Star Wars game, then bring them into the family. It makes sense. I mean, I'm excited to see what their game is gonna be because Titanfall Two was good. It was a great improvement over the yeah. first one. The single player campaign was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm excited to see what they do next. And it seems it, like they're interested in doing something little bit different especially yeah. in line with the like the movie tv news if the games continue in that fold it would yeah. be really interesting mm-hmm. i mean ea shut down visceral mm-hmm. um you know and then buys a developer that you know they're very different companies with you know in different cities and yada yada but still similar ish you know making big triple a high octane games so it's a little bit of an interesting call um it's hard to get too deep into it without you know we don't we're not living it we're not in there living it but from an outside outside perspective it's like they traded one studio to pick up another yeah. like well, there's a there's a rumor. There's a former EA developer that was tweeting uh, that the word on the street is that 
the, uh, Respawn's Star Wars game was actually instrumental in EA's decision to shut down Visceral's game because it, in comparison, Respawn's game looked so much better. They're just like, yeah, it's yeah. just coming together better. Yeah. Who yeah. knows what? So, um, that's, that's just a rumor from a former EA developer. <laughs> yeah, that's part of what we had heard about Visceral, right? Um, yeah. That uh, they got, th- to be fair, EA put out, you know, for such a big company that's normally so um, disciplined, their statement was very easy, you know, gave a lot of people to chew yeah. on about single-player games going yeah, away sure. and yada, yada. And then afterwards it came out, well, Visceral's game just wasn't coming together the way that it needed to and was just taking way too long to get, you know, across, you know not meeting its milestones. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, if in comparison, Respawn was moving faster and was meeting their, real, you know, their milestones, then, yeah, maybe yeah. something like this could make more sense. And it's good to hear that at least EA doesn't seem to be uh, blaming Respawn for the commercial disappointment of Titanfall, Titanfall. 2, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe EA is actually owning up to that. Maybe we shouldn't have released it right in between Battlefield 1 and, and Call, Call of Duty. Duty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it's been a really busy year for games. Yeah. <laughs> It's sad news too. I know it's uh, it's been reported for a while now, but Visceral shutting down because I'm uh, Dead Space is one of my favorite Mine too, franchises. Yeah. Like I, I play that probably once a year all the way through. So uh, yeah, I was still waiting for Dead Space. And horror it. games are still really popular. Yeah. we might get yeah. to that later in this. We will episode. talk about <laughs> horror games yeah. in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned uh, uh, Battlefront Two, which is uh, coming out next week, and we've been playing it. We were live streaming it earlier today. Yeah, because there's ten hours of early access right yeah. now, and you can play the first couple chapters of single player. So yeah. everybody can put, finally play this game. That's I think it's cool. the second. To last, well, maybe I shouldn't say so definitively. It's one of the final big. It's like uh, Battlefront Two and Pokemon, Pokemon. and then uh, in early December we get Xenoblade, and then yeah. there's no. There's usually like just. A, I think it's just to mess with IGN. Um, <laughs> there's usually like a December twentieth, very late in the year, big AAA game launch, and this year uh, it's kind of after Xenoblade, it quiets down. Yeah, yeah. and then because there's a lot of January February games. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Which the only other one, it's not big, uh, but after Xenoblade, there's Okami HD mm. coming. That's, I, I missed Okami the first time around, so good it's time. Okay. To we'll just have you all hands on deck for Last Jedi. Good. We need like yeah, totally. Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Star seventeen Wars is in offices yeah. to come together to try and cover that game. Yeah, I mean, this isn't movie scoop, <laughs> but I would. Yeah. You know, I start. You know, we're all Star Wars fans. Uh, Sam is a particularly big Star Wars fan. What was your initial reaction to hearing that Ryan Johnson's going to do another trilogy outside of the Skywalker I think it, story? I, I, I'm surprised they chose him or he chose them or however it works because yeah. we haven't seen this movie yet. But we apparently seen that's a vote of confidence. Like. What <laughs> is it? Did you see From his Lucas tweet film? about it? It was so funny. He was yeah. like, I really, I already really hoped that you liked Last Jedi, but now I really yeah. hope that you <laughs> like The Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, seriously. I hope we all like The Last Jedi. Um, yeah, I, I, you guys probably have more to say about this than I do. I, I'm worried. I'm it's, so worried. Wow. It's, oh, it's tough with these big tent poles because you have to, if you're a director or a writer in this in this business, you have to play ball with one of them. You're not making uh, an indie film, a small film. Yeah. Remember when it was announced that um, uh, Trevorrow was leaving, you know, uh, his film, episode, episode nine. nine, it was like, well, people were like, why don't we bring in David Fincher or something like that? I was like, David yes. Fincher's not going to come in because well, he wouldn't be able to be David Fincher. Yeah. He would have to be Disney's version of David Fincher. You know, they, he, and I wouldn't want to see that version of him. So I think that's one of those things that I'm excited that he's got the role because I love Ryan Johnson. He's a good director. I love Looper. It's yeah. a fantastic yeah. film. So if he can do more of that in the Star Wars universe, that's great. But I mean, is he just going to make something like J.J. did in The Force Awakens, which was pretty safe? It was good, but safe. Right. Yeah. I think that to me, the most exciting thing to come out of it is that Disney Lucasfilm is trying 
trusting Ryan to make something entirely new. Because to me, I agree with you. I think J.J. made something very familiar with The Last Mm -hmm. Jedi and knowing that he's replacing uh, Colin in Episode Nine, I'm imagining it's going to conclude as something very familiar as well. But Ryan, to me, was a chance for Disney and, and Lucas to try something very different from what they've had in the past. And I really like everything that he's had before now and, and what his spin on science fiction is. So to me, it's a big vote of confidence that they're looking to entrust him with an entire trilogy. It's not like like J.J. getting one uh, movie to kick it off and then trying different directors. And I think that they learned from the MCU that like you need auteurs who work within the company line mm-hmm. and Ryan, the fact that he can, that's great. It's, you say David Fincher, I say like Denis Villeneuve who did a uh, Blade Runner 2049 yeah. would have loved to see Ooh, his, boy. his yeah. uh, star Wars mm-hmm. movie, but we've seen so many director problems with this franchise thus far with like the individual solo movies, anthology movies they're trying to make that they just keep swapping out directors and same with Colin that, you know, they find someone they like and seems to deliver what they want. Yeah, they have sure. confidence and they want to do something that's not Skywalker. Great. All the power to well, I wonder awesome. what makes it Star Wars then. I, yeah. I don't particularly like the universe outside of the Star Wars Skywalker saga. Like, I definitely don't but have like you seen prequels. it? What? Have you seen a canon? Yeah, I have. That's my problem is that I think KOTOR is really crappy with that. I don't like oh, the prequels. That's oh, not canon. Wow. I know it's not canon, but it's crappy. And, like, oh, I don't... Boy. The, the game might be fun, but that universe... It's just cheesy. Well, there's there's some really good, especially in the books, the new books that are canon right now. Like the new Thrawn book was fantastic. There's uh, a Phasma book. I realize Phasma's in the Star in the Skywalker really universe, like but Phasma's a very good yeah. book too. So yeah. there's all these great stories that are there. That's they, the prop, they just need the proper stories. And that's yeah. what worked for Marvel is that there's tidbits of these amazing writers that took on like kind of dumpy. Marvel comics in the 80s and might have had a good run with them and that's what is inspiring the best movies now you know and like that's what Star Wars hopefully has with the extended universe stuff my fr- sorry I know like we're getting we should one more get- one more comment okay <laughs> I just I'm excited at the opportunity to see what Star Wars is without the I'm Skywalkers too. I'm too. because Same. I think that it makes the universe feel very small that we need nine movies based around this one family I would agree, agree with that <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, The name of the game today for publishers is to figure out how to get consumers to pay more than $60 for their games. Just keep paying them more forever, hopefully. Uh, And on a uh, financial update from Take-Two, this week we learned their particular term for this uh, endeavor. Actually, we're learning that uh, different publishers have different ways of... of, uh, of describing this business practice. Take-Two calls it recurrent consumer spending. That's their uh, nomenclature for it. And they said that GTA V is the single largest contributor to recurrent consumer spending, that alongside NBA 2K18. And uh, I hope you guys are uh, comfortable with that because that is going to be baked into every game that Take-Two releases going forward. Good, great. Uh, Does that terminology make you feel better than microtransaction? Do you think it's a better spin? No, I don't think so. I think actually microtransaction sounds better than that. Uh, What are some Take-Two games that this could happen with? Well, so we already obviously it's already happening with GTA Five. It's definitely going to happen with Red Dead Redemption Two. So Red Dead, we think that could well, happen. And NBA Two K eighteen had you know more aggressive microtransactions. Yeah. No, or the recurrent consumer spending <laughs> hooks built into it. The quote from uh, Take Two's CEO Strauss Zelnick is: "We aim to have recurrent consumer spending options for every title that we put out at this company." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next year, uh, it is worth noting they say. Um, 
they hinted at they have something more than Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, the quote, again, is looking ahead, we expect fiscal 2019 to be a record year for net bookings and net cash provided by operating activities led by the upcoming launches of Red Dead Redemption 2 and a highly anticipated new title from one of 2K's biggest franchises. He said, I don't know what their fiscal year is. Like, they vary, it goes into like early 2019. Yeah. Mm. So uh, the only thing, like, yeah, you're right. You Borderlands. It's, uh, I, it's maybe Bioshock, maybe Borderlands. It's so obviously it could, Borderlands. It could, those are the only two it announced. could be, right? I, yeah. Even though it went into production in 2015 officially, I think Borderlands Three like, could be done by then, but they keep they they really talk that game up like it needs to be this huge different experience. So, so. but that's the part that gets me is the timeline of it. It felt a Short, little right? soon. Um, so, but it, you know, I don't know. It, uh, who knows? Uh, whatever is going on at these companies. If I were a betting man, which I am, I would say that it's Borderlands. I mean, yeah. it makes me feel a little better that it might be Borderlands because taking those two ideas separate, like 2K is going to bring back one of its biggest franchises. I'm like, oh, I want a new Bioshock game. Yeah. But a new Bioshock game with recurrent consumer spending, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that game is such an yeah. isolated experience. It's like the, a the monkey's first paw special. wish. Yeah. yeah, it's like you can defeat this if you just spend $5 to get your loot box or like whatever version of it is. Yeah. I don't know. It is it is a little, it makes me feel a little jaded to, to the idea that every single game from here on out is not only going to not be an isolated experience going back to Visceral being shut down with their Star Wars game, but also that they're going to try and like get all this extra money out of you. When I play Destiny, like I'm not spending anything extra to get no. emotes or anything. It's such a... You, want those, you, know. you don't want the Carlton dance? Oh, no, I do. Like, cool. <laughs> I like I like yeah. when people do the table flips and stuff and the cards or whatever else, but I just don't care. That's not what the gameplay is for me, but clearly people yeah. are spending money on it that is in, in, oh, yeah. in GTA Five being yeah. a, <laughs> a prime really? example. You do that? Uh, I'm 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 a part of the problem. <laughs> I, I love customization. Yeah. So Assassin's Creed Origins, which I love, uh, they have these really nice costumes, and they're really expensive. Mm. Oh and when I have money, I want to upgrade my weapons. I have choices. Like either upgrade your weapons, you get this really fly-looking piece of armor that looks great <laughs> in the desert. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm gonna get my weapons updated. I'm gonna drop twenty dollars on this gold package that lets wow. me buy I mean it's 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 horrible and I realize it's a problem but I do it because mm. I just I like that you, I like that stuff that's I guess is the question though like, the do problem. you like it or do you feel like you're like oh you're trying to juice me like dry with with you know having well people. I mean I, I I get a little upset but at the same time like look I'm contributing I'm willingly doing this so I don't I'm not going to get mad at them. I mean, yeah. I, I get why they do it. You know, and realize games are expensive to make and they have to find some way to subsidize a $6 cost for games, I think. So I, I, I get it, but it's still, it, it is bothersome. Yeah. It's a lot of you money. Know, it's a lot of money I, to get a piece of cloth. I'm, I secretly am too. I'm now realizing because I buy Amiibo and that's what the, the Amiibo do in Mario. They give you costumes that otherwise cost a lot or they just allow you to cheat. And that's exactly what we're complaining about in these other games. For $10, you can get any of the Amiibo just drop in hearts, and then the Princess one drops in the six heart. Yeah, Uh, it's totally a win button for certain parts of Mario. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is like, that's the exact same scheme, but at least I have a uh, little dumb figure to put on my desk. Well, I was going to say, like, I guess I'm being, this is confession circle now, but like, (laughs) I, I won't do it for a $60 game. But like I definitely bought Pokemon Go stuff mm. to, to oh, get yeah, up yeah. and like Candy Crush, I would buy extra hearts. Pokemon and like the Go, Sailor those are Moon free games Garms. though, so yeah. I feel a lot less guilty about spending up to the limit of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. No, it doesn't totally... do this all the time. No, goodness gracious, well, no. for like Star Wars cards and stuff. That's true. <laughs> a little bit different. Confess, but confess. I also, well, I sold this one giant example. I sold Star Wars cards on eBay though. Yeah, yeah mm. that's true. No, dealing and dealing. Yeah. 
It's real money. Uh, Take Two two says, recurrent consumer spending is 42% of our net bookings in a quarter. I don't know if net bookings just means revenue. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard the term. But that means that almost... Is that saying microtransactions are half their... Almost half of their revenue. Revenue. All the money that they're coming to. I don't know what the quarter... They might not have released a game that quarter. I don't know if NBA... Like, you know, again, it depends on where they... What the cutoff point is if they didn't release it. You see, like, the long life on GTA V and and all that element. I mean, we see it here. That's one of our top wikis Mm -hmm. that people still come to. So I can imagine how much... online updates are a big deal. But a lot of them are free. But a lot of them cost money. But I can... I can see the success of that driving a decision. Well, like that's this. exactly right. I mean, GTA Online is remarkable. You know, that's a five-year-old game that, you know, th- the updates that first started coming out for GTA Online were kind of ticky-tacky, like new guns and costumes. But they're really meaty and weighty now with new story missions, new locations, new, like, the things that you can do in that game. I've talked about it on the on GameScoop before. There is a there's a GTA Five sequel inside GTA Five because of the amount of stuff that they've added to it. Like that's incredible, and it's funded by people buying these, you know, hundred dollars shark cards. Um, so, I, I like everything. You know, I'm sort of of two minds, and it's a nuanced, complicated issue where it's neat that that exists and is able to subsidize the creation of this content that millions of people can enjoy, but it's maybe not so great that uh, you know there's people out there that have dropped thousands of dollars on GTA 5 cash that then, you know, can be stolen from them if they're not careful. Yeah, yeah and it's sort of funny, too, that, like, I, using myself as an example, it sounds so corporate and, and you know, like, greedy to say those terms, even microtransaction, but, like, I clearly have blinders on to my own spending for it, and, like, we all just went down the line pretty much saying, confessing, like, either realizing or not, oh, I guess we have been contributing money Yeah, that's in the that exact way. psychology that's yeah. behind this, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, it's it definitely preys on people that are prone to gambling and stuff like that, too. There's a lot of problems with it. I mean, it, game development's really hard and expensive, and companies are going out of business all the time. Telltale laid off a bunch of staff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Damon, you said, you, or maybe someone else mentioned, you can't begrudge a company. They got to make money, right? They got to pay their employees. But from a consumer perspective, like, it's worse. It Like, it, gaming is worse in this sense than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It used to be you played a game 100 hours, and, you know, you paid the $60. But now the more you play, the more pressure you're going to feel to transact in that yeah. game like that that was the point of the take two quote was yeah. like mm-hmm. if we keep you in our game you know there's going to be more opportunities for us to monetize you yeah and it didn't is, used I mean, to be that way they're they're totally upfront about it uh i love these quotes from the ceo of take two because they give direct insight into how they're planning to make money off of us and of, off of you the listeners and viewers he says the business that once upon a time was a big chunky opportunity to engage for tens of hours or perhaps 100 hours has turned into an ongoing engagement yeah. day after day week after week Ugh. you fall in love with these titles and they become part of your daily life and that's true but like yeah. with there there are, i think there are a lot of people now that just play one game just yep. every day they just yep. play destiny or overwatch or league or they of legends play one community game but play other games by maybe themselves. that's what it is well, yeah like, i think you go yeah. back to maybe games that's too is. right mm-hmm. like you diverge with stardew valley or odyssey but then you go back to the game that yeah the thing that's just a part of your destiny dota league stuff like that i think that's like an underrated influence like everyone talks about league of legends and how it you know through a long and winding path gave rise to games like overwatch and like hero based shooters but like another influence is people that only play one game Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I only play Destiny, I only play League, I only play Dota, or, you know, maybe dabble in some other stuff, but then have this recurrent thing. And, like, that now that's that's games as a service, right? Like, yeah. that's that's, yeah, that's, that's what everything wants to be or strives to be. Yeah, Especially this time of year, it's just so hard to figure out, you know, what you want to spend your dollars on, you know, because, I mean, 
well, you know, obviously money's precious and there's a ton of titles coming on this time of year. It's like, what do I pick? Do I have that one game? Do I have my Call of Duty, you know, World, World War II? I'm just going to yeah, dive yeah. into and do that for the next, you know, three or four months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I will give Nintendo all my money for mm -hmm. in Animal Crossing. I'll play Animal Crossing Switch <laughs> for the rest of my life. That's but not mobile? I mean, I'll play, yeah, I'll play, I'll try mobile too. Uh, and for those keeping track at home for uh, uh, physical sales versus digital sales, Take-Two now says full game downloads on consoles account for 35% of all Take-Two sales. How does that compare to console sales? Do we have that number? No, that's their console sales. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Full game downloads on consoles is 35% of all of Take-Two sales. So they're also making much more money off yeah. that than they yeah. make off their retail games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I go on the record and say $60 is just fine for these games still. Yeah. I think that's a high-end crazy number because they can't sell all the games they want to sell. Yeah, well, isn't it true? Like, that number hasn't really changed much either in, in a while. Yeah, well, not 20 years. Yeah, it was more. No. I mean, I paid $70 for Mortal Kombat on the uh, Nintendo 64. <laughs> so it's the inflation uh, Yeah, but that was different because cart that was like cartridges. Certain Ga cartridges were more expensive. Games were $60 in the 90s. I, no. I forgot Some how much N64 no. games were, too. Yeah, they certain were ones. Pricey. I think Nintendo the, 64 standard, got yeah. the standard became $60 with the Xbox 360. You're right. Era. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and games, I think, last much longer now as well. So I think, yeah, you see that sort of invisible inflation with expansions and microtransactions or whatever yeah. three-word yeah. terminology. Recurrent consumer spending is what Take-Two calls it. Rolls and, off the but uh, Ubisoft has a different term for it. They call it player recurring investment. Mm, investment. Yeah, PRI. <laughs> wow. I just wish it was more like, um, I love what uh, CD Projekt Red did with The Witcher. You know, and there were these mm, yeah. two really big DLCs. One was a 10-hour chunk. The other one was about a 20-hour, 20 to 30-hour 20 chunk. And yeah. it wasn't over, it wasn't, too expensive. It was one of those things that the content was good, the story was excellent. It's like that I would pay for all the time. You know, just yeah. give me better, more story. Hopefully, that game got made in that. Poland, though, not in San Francisco. True, that's true. Yeah, yeah I don't know what the cost of living in Poland is. Yeah, it's cheap. let's just let's just shift <laughs> shift game development over to Poland for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Can we shift game scoop over to Poland? Yeah, <laughs> for no, a week. Wait, special. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm willing to try it. <laughs> Uh, we'll come. Yeah. Good beer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I like castles and beer. Yeah, me too. <laughs> castles and beer sounds like a good... Yeah. There's got to be something, something there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's shift over to Resident Evil 7. That's one of my favorite games of this year. That game is really good. came out it early this year. It stands out, right? When you yeah. look back at the year, I'm like, oh, that was a really good Resident Evil game and a lot of fun. Definitely like, uh, That's a period I wouldn't walk through my living room because my <laughs> boyfriend would be playing it and it would scare the yeah. crap out of me. No, they so. swung it They swung it a little bit back towards uh, survival horror and it has like lots of like genuinely creepy moments and just really like cool bizarro set pieces like boss fights and stuff. They're just A really bug cool. boss? Well, I, I love the uh, uh, garage, so the garage boss. No, that's really funny. Maybe it's the awesome. first AAA VR game. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, really like, in terms of, like, you know, actual big budget, big, yeah, yeah, you know, so. full-length adventure. Yeah, and it's maybe a, at least the first, like, uh, like known IP yeah. uh, big VR game. The opening sequence, I love. I mean, it's just, like, yeah. it feels like Texas Chainsaw, yeah. you know, Master, yeah, like, sure. with the crazy family in the, in yeah. the woods and all no, that. It's awesome. terrifying. And the police officer shows up and is completely ineffective. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Got all that. You doing okay in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, this week, uh, Capcom announced they've sold 4.1 million copies of Resident Evil 7 as but of how does that September compare? 30th. Well, Justin, <laughs> <laughs> 4.1 million copies makes it tied for seventh place oh. for Capcom, tied with Monster Hunter 4, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, and Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Wait, just seventh all time for Capcom? Yeah. Oh. Oh. All four of those games have sold 4.1 million copies. Uh, Resident Evil 5 remains the best-selling 
mm-hmm. Capcom game. 7.2 million units. Five was the Africa one? Six yes. was the one that people thought was more to, like, it was like an action game. It yeah. was more of an action than a survival yeah, horror. Yeah, the first time they went yeah. more. I think it's action, as good as co op. Uh, I put those well, on the same level. Well, I much prefer seven, but yeah. that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Do you think this translates into them doubling down on the horror moving Well, forward? so I want to point out, so they they brought it back to survival horror, but it didn't, it sold a little more than half of Resident Evil 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't even reach the sales of Resident Evil 6. So I don't know, maybe that tells it, what does that tell Capcom? Right. What is Capcom supposed to take away from that? That they lost a lot of people after <laughs> six. <laughs> So you think that's just a lot of people they, were they, burned? Yeah, I had, I had total distrust I feel like this in this is, game when seven came out. I was like, Are you kidding me? Six I was, was very so surprised. Bad. I was very surprised with how good seven is. Yeah, I had to have like three people in the office play it and they convinced me to, to buy it. So did seven stop the bleeding? Or mm, is I it think a that's sign it that uh, you know, or it sold way worse than five and six. So maybe maybe it, it going back to survival horror was not the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm also curious how this stacks up against things like Evil Within Two and some mm, of the other yeah. horror games that came out this year that people did like in our franchise that they have trust in yeah. because I think like I think there's clear interest in the survival horror genre but is Resident Evil the foremost example of it anymore yeah yeah I don't know uh, also what's worth comparing uh, so Resident Evil 7 sells 4.1 million copies the best selling Capcom game of all time Resident Evil uh, 5 sold 7.2 million so 7.2 million mm-hmm. Capcom a developer that's been around for three decades at mm-hmm. least that's the best selling game they've ever had, whereas Player Unknown Battlegrounds, mm. yeah, a game that isn't even out yet and is totally janky uh, and busted, uh, is twenty million copies wow. of that game just this year. Three More Capcoms, chicken. three of Capcom's number three, one selling game. Yeah, just this year alone. It's they must insane. have lost count of how many of those Mega Man twos are out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm Every time I see a box in Nintendo, crazy. Games. I oh. can't believe that uh, Capcom doesn't have a ten million seller. That's crazy, right? They're like yeah. one of the longest running okay. developers. Like. Especially like what I mean, no, joking Fighter aside, two? like how many times has Street Fighter 2 been sold? Maybe they count all I those mean, separately. Sure. Yeah, they do count. I mean, separately. Come on. Yeah, I mean if those, you want those to definitely lump up to something. Maybe. We, I mean, should, we sure. can do the math. Yeah, well, we can figure that scoop. out. But I just think Future <laughs> scoop. it's a sign of the math times. Mm-hmm. It's a sign of the times because uh, Resident Evil 7 is uh, a, a AAA, big budget, single player, linear game. And it has a fraction of the sales of something like PUBG. Mm. People are people are uh, taking note of that, and that's why recurrent consumer spending is a thing. I think consumers are just they're just smart, you know. They're What's probably, that? The consumers are smart. I mean, you know, they you know come to IGN and see you know all the the great content and articles, and you know, and they they're seeing the patterns and what games are I getting good. So. I mean, I think they're understanding what's going on. You know, I think they're I they're being played. They're, yeah, sometimes. Well, I think it is interesting. Super scoop. Because yeah. it's different, differing perspectives. Like for me, I have so much TV and film that I have to watch for work, you know, that takes up a lot of my, my downtime that I'm like, okay, I want a game that I don't need to play daily. I don't necessarily have the time and real estate in my day to do that. But a lot of people who come to IGN want that game that they can play daily. And so when we sit there and we say, oh, like Firewatch was amazing because it was a really solid seven hour experience, I think other people are like, okay, but why am I spending $60 for that? For sure. And, mm-hmm. and you want something like Player Unknown. All had eras in our lives where we did play those games. I mean, right. mine was way back in Perfect Dark, Goldeneye, but like that's what I wanted to do after every college day, you know. And so, like, that's a big deal to have like community games. It's just that's it's just a different different people than probably us yeah. as critics who have to play millions of things all the time you know and i think there's a space for both like i don't think that the answer is shut down every studio that's developing like single player linear game that doesn't have all these like you know extra elements but you know i hope that people i always feel like i hope that 
the the developers are taking the right lessons away from this in the studios. It's maybe it's not just that oh, player unknown battleground costs X amount of money to make and make this much, so let's make a, a lot of ripoffs of it. It's like what made that successful? What did it tap into that other games weren't doing? That yeah. same with Overwatch, right? They, like they're, what they're did it? One hundred percent taking the wrong lessons, right? And that's what's been, <laughs> but that's what happened with guitar games and with everything else. Right. Yeah, and, and bubbles burst. So yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. All right, moving on. The next Hitman game is already in development. Uh, the Game of the Year edition of Hitman 2016 is out this week. IO Interactive, man. Back yeah. from the dead. They were never dead. But they like, were never you dead. Know, but they're, they're back on their own. Yeah. They're back in an independent studio. Uh, bought Hitman back. They bought Hitman back from Square Enix, and now they're making the next Hitman on their own. Uh, in a blog post that went along with the Game of the Year edition this week, they announced they're making great progress, and we have exciting new features and some franchise firsts mm. in the new Hitman. Although they said we don't plan to start talking about that until some point in 2018. The Hitman's going to have hair. <laughs> <laughs> Twist. Spoilers. Scoop. Come on, we, we, have, we have to have the, the bald guys. I mean, you know, we got to give them some support. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give him a big old beard. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be microtransactions. You gotta, yeah. you gotta oh. make sure that. Genius. <laughs> so I, I wonder if they'll stick with the episodic format yeah. for the next Hitman. Because I think there was, you know, there was a lot of, there was some public outcry against that. But I think the game was successful. It's, it's, it's got to be on the hunt. We actually just ran this feature. I wonder if Hitman was on it. But like most improved games, mm. like that game came out and then no content. It had like one chapter. It was so thin. Yeah. And then they're like, no, we're gonna build on it over time. And everyone said, yeah, right. But then lo and behold. <laughs> Yeah, they just cranked like, on that game ends for up being months very and months and months, yeah. and it turned into like a huge game. And yeah. those like episodic releases were such fun like group experiences. I knew yeah. we would have everyone come over and like go around and try and you know beat them and and kill people, kill people mm-hmm. successfully mm-hmm. in the best way. I don't know. I I hadn't seen a game experience quite like that in that way in a while, and I thought it was really fun, though. You know, I'm, whether yeah. it translated to the widest audience. I mean, I'm glad to see. I respect sure. IO Interactive having like a unique vision for like this kind of Hitman style game that they want to make. I personally don't. I think those games are clunky and not very fun, mm-hmm. but. As a puzzle, like they're puzzle games, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. stealth puzzle games, like they're doing something wholly unlike anyone else. And I hope, you know, and I know that there's a big audience of people that love it. So I know I'm pleased that, you know, they're having an opportunity to bring that back around to people. But yeah. I, every, you know, three or four or five years, I try to play Hitman. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't get into <laughs> it. But that was the episodic nature of this previous release actually brought me back into the series because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the series originally, but because it was like, oh, one episode's $15, like, I'll yeah. try one, you know. It's yeah. not, you know, I'll try one, see what happens. So I mean, that brought me into it. So if they do it again, I would love for them to do that because I don't know if I would drop a straight sixty dollars on a really? game. Yeah. Do we know, like, are they going to be do- once again doing it episodically? Or? They haven't announced yet, okay. but I, I would guess that they'll stick with that because uh, maybe they'll take what they learned from this first experiment, mm. improve it. Plus, now that they're an independent studio again, they don't have the backing of Square Enix, mm. and it would be some money cheaper to put out one episode first, right, right? Mm. and then keep funding the rest of the with games. microtransactions. Transactions. With current <laughs> consumer spending. For your beards. beard. Beard, beard, <laughs> yeah. beard DLC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Beard, beard DLC. Was it just last year that the Hitman movie was out? Is that 2016? No, it was 2015. It was no two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Are there two Hitman movies? Yes. yes. Hitman, mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, oh yeah, the, oh yeah, the first one's the dude from Deadwood, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the and second one's the dude from Homeland. From Homeland, mm-hmm. yeah. Rupert, <laughs> Rupert Friend. And Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, no, I'm, I'm a bit of a British movies fan, sorry. I like it. Sorry. 
I saw, I saw Paddington last weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. yeah. What's your hot take? Surprisingly good. Yeah. It was better than it had any right to be, I think. <laughs> I like Paddington. Very charming. Paddington was a movie I was very surprised at its second life. But like Alana and Max got really into it as well right. when it got into it was on Netflix. Yeah. And I was like, that's where we watched it. I never expected it was totally that good. this would be the film that people really came around to. Secret but. horror movie? Uh, yeah. mm. It's episodic nature and microtransactions really make it a great <laughs> consumer experience on Netflix. There was a point when uh, Nicole Kidman is shooting a, a blow darts at Paddington, and my five-year-old niece thought that was very scary, and she oh. wanted to turn it on. Mm. Thought oh, they were no. trying to kill Paddington, and she oh. wanted to stop watching. Oh. Spoilers? Uh, is okay? For <laughs> the five-year-old watching at home? Fine. Yeah. Uh, it's time to check in with our uh, moon-collecting in Mario Odyssey. Oh, hey, Moon Collecting. Oh, boy. Uh, what are we all up to? I'm up to around 450 myself. I don't know. I'm closing in on 600. I think I'm at like 570, 580. Okay, there you go. I think I'm winding Sam is over 650. Mm-hmm. And I've 100%ed more of the worlds than I haven't. Okay. So I'm over the... That yeah, but does that wow. count like the Ruined Kingdom? What do you mean? Well, like those aren't real worlds. Oh, I haven't really done the small ones. I did. I did the coins in there. But Sand Kingdom, Metro, yeah. Moon, and almost Mushroom, I've 100 percented, along with the little ones between those. So Lost, I don't know, all all of those worlds. Awesome. But I haven't done uh, the food one yet. The lunch. The luncheon. 100 And someone wrote in asking why we were hating on the Luncheon Kingdom a little bit last week. It's the worst one in the game. I don't. It's really, a great game. I, I thought mean, the I'm kingdom, not hungry right now. I thought the kingdom was perfectly fun, but yeah. I just think visually it's the least interesting and the least detailed. Like yeah. there's this giant bowl of stew, and there's just like colored blocks floating in it. It's not like compare that to the beautifully rendered food in Final Fantasy 15. It's yeah. like I also think the possessions are the least some of the least interesting and fun in the game. Um, I don't want about it. It's totally fine. Like possessions. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just it's the that's least it's the least good Captures. part of a game that's excellent all around. In my Terry, I know you, you started playing it. I started playing it literally last night nice. so that I could have something to say for yeah. this segment. Hey, uh, first ooh. impressions. First impressions, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Uh, cool. I stayed up too late, which is yeah. why I was told I had glassy eyes all day. It's because I stayed up until 1 and had like a 7 a.m. flight with David to get mm-hmm. up to San Francisco. Um, I Yeah, I can't wait to keep playing it. it. It is the game that I wanted after Super Mario Sunshine that Super Mario Galaxy wasn't. Just took, just took 15 years is all. Yeah, but I agree with this. Circles, circles, background, and David and I had a chance to play actually pre-release briefly mm. uh, and get some hands-on time. So I'm like, I, I accidentally I tried to press B but pressed A instead. So I chose the Lake Kingdom. That's uh, my next one of the uh, divergent you, uh, choices. I have no idea spoilers. what stew you're talking about. That's later. But I look forward <laughs> to it and uh, and complete because I know that you complete the game like fairly early Early on, and then it's going back and collecting all yeah. the moons out. Yeah. So to answer your question, like 22 moons. 22 but moons, that's great. For one night of play? Yeah, yeah, for one night of play. Are you guys talking about, is there some kind of remastered NES version we're talking about now? Is of Mario? Yeah, yeah. what is Super it? Super Mario. No. <laughs> no. Um, so I, I've always been somebody who's like, just kind of put Nintendo to the side. I have my PlayStation, my Xbox. Nobody PC. puts Nintendo on. I know, I know, and I'm, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna get a Switch. I'm not gonna get yeah. one of those. We went to that. I uh, uh, got to play a little pre-release, and I was just blown away. It was incredible. Yeah, I haven't played like some FIFA on there and everything, and just seen all these games. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of fun. I can imagine being in the plane, you know, playing one of these. So it's the best. I am going to get a Switch for hopefully for Christmas. I hear yeah, they're. Yeah. You say, you're one. saying they're in stock. 
They well, I don't know about at this moment, but yeah, they were when I, there's we a they've been week. in stock on Amazon for a couple weeks now, and That's I awesome. suspect that the closer we get to Black Friday, you know, get one now. like now is the window. They could possibly already be gone, but they were in stock for like seven days. That's I'm really a relatively cool. new yeah. Switch mm-hmm. owner, and so, but I haven't found the personal balance for it yet because, like, I find I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley again, but I like yeah. will obsessively play until like two in the morning. I'm like, this is bad life choice. It's Wednesday. I need to be yeah. in the office mm-hmm. tomorrow, and so I'm not good. with with like Zelda and uh, and Mario thus far, like to pick it up and put it back down in the portable sense. So I've gone yeah. on some trips where I was like, oh, I should play this here, but I'm like, no, because I won't be able to stop and I'll need to deboard yeah. this deplane. You can be like Marty, who played 60 hours of Zelda, but only on flights. He never played wow. that game in any other context except <laughs> that's on how much Marty flies. <laughs> yeah. He travels so much. He did a lot of travel no. this year. Yeah. I, the thing about the Switch, I want I want every game on the Switch. Yeah. I caught up. There's this really great YouTuber, Mark Brown, that does like good essays on uh, video games, and just watching like he, you know, a Twilight Princess. I'm like, man, I want that on the Switch. Like Smash Brothers, I want that on the Switch. Like, oh, Destiny! When I got it, I was like, why couldn't this be released on the Switch as well? And I regret what, getting that console Stardew just does on something PS4. to you. It's like once yeah. you get one, you just want every game in that form factor. Yeah. You like, know what's uh, crazy is that Borderlands Two came out on Vita. So when we I want were Borderlands Two on the Switch, yeah, put it on the Switch, yeah, play that so again. When we were, t- but also like Borderlands Three, like yeah. they t- took the time to p- port a contemporary game to Vita that was like a big multiplayer mm-hmm. game, like that. They could put Borderlands Three on the well, Switch. Well, Skyrim is the big example of it, yeah, right? Like that, that is the the port to Switch, and how many people will play yeah. it and buy it? And that's, I mean, we're coming up yeah. to that crazy November seventeenth release date for. Punisher and Justice League and, and everything else, but I'm really interested to see, you know, coming back after the holidays, how well that performs and like if we see a lot of other developers saying, okay, we're going to bring these sprawling games to the Switch as well that haven't yeah. existed in Nintendo. In the I past. didn't think I had any, any interest in playing Skyrim again, but I do have a flight to Tokyo coming up, <laughs> so I got Skyrim you on the Switch. It. Yeah, just, yeah, just play Skyrim <laughs> again the whole for ten hours, make well, this flight fly by. Because you're going to give up on Mario. I mean, not give you up. Told me, he told it. me he came into work. He said, "Give up is I not think the right I'm done word. with Mario." Well, for like, I and think I'm just going to keep collecting moons until I just feel like I'm done. I think. Uh, well, I feel like when I get 500 moons, that's yeah. enough. My time with it is winding down yeah. for sure. Is there a max? Like I saw that nine nine nine. Okay, so yes, Brian hit nine 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 more. Yeah, so but it doesn't. Your counter doesn't go up anymore. There's 800 and some 830 yeah. or 880 that you can actually like earn from playing the game, but then you can keep buying more. This is my like first opportunity to talk now, having played some of it. But I I don't know how I feel about like you can buy them yeah, in bulk. I don't really like, I'm that like either. It's an odd mechanic. I actually don't necessarily understand the purpose of it because they don't even it's for keep, people they don't, who don't want to. Go around collecting, right? But, but they don't have any use past. Well, if you need like ten more to unlock the next kingdom, yeah, you could just buy yeah. them. And but, there right. are later in the game, there's marks where you have to get to five hundred and stuff like that. Right. So to make up that spread, maybe it's too hard for some people. Did you guys know you can just turn on a mode in that game where if you fall off a cliff, it puts you back in a bubble? Yeah, there, and there's a baby mode in that game. Yeah, sure. and that like it gives you six hearts all the time, and yeah. like the, yeah. you can just turn that on anytime you want too. So it's you like don't even need amiibo. It's oh. like hack into it or anything. It's just like no, it's, it's just, it's just there. Oh. That's oh. the first time. I th- like Nintendo definitely didn't do that with Zelda. So yeah, I'm wondering yeah. why they chose to do that with Mario. Yeah, maybe maybe the audience skews a little bit younger with Mario. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um, I have one observation to make about uh, Mario. I love the Goombet. Uh, yeah. Missions or like great little stars puzzles. She's every, a great hat. Every, yeah, you probably haven't encountered these yet. There's not. a female Goomba in every level who's looking for love, and you have to capture 
one or more uh, Goombas and, and maneuver them over to her. And there's usually a little puzzle. Like, uh, it's not just like capture Goomba and there's Goomba. Like, you have to yeah. figure out how to get There's a trick involved to, her, yeah. to like, getting the Goomba where you need to get She them. doesn't want just four sometimes. She wants ten. So yeah. you have to stack up ten Goombas. I She's will, up high. I will say a hot take early on because I, I, you know, I know some people who are farther in the game. I, my one thing that I'm not loving about it is like, almost backwards the story is oh you need to go save peach from being married to bowser and yeah. like that's it's almost creepier it. with that angle <laughs> compared marriage, to him just marriage. kidnapping her. yeah and, he, and like there's like i did like the ring thing is like where i'm at right now i don't know i was i kept waiting yeah. for people to tell me that there was more to it than that and i get like the mechanics are great but i mean zelda had a beautiful story uh for yeah. breath of the wild and even like going back to super mario sunshine there was a lot more to what that narrative was but for this one i was like you know, I'm surprised that there wasn't more of a resistance to again, like the oversimplification of a story. I thought we should. It's very past simple, it. yeah. and the rabbits are the wedding planners. I did get to evil that part. Evil wedding the, planners. What are they like? The ru- the brutals. Brutals. Yeah, brutals. Yeah. yeah. Evil wedding planners. Yeah. Uh, but the Goombat thing, I think, is it's a really sad story because oh. Goombat is like all alone in her level, all by herself. There's nobody else that's like her. She's just, you know. Yeah looking for someone she can connect with. And when Mario captures someone and presents them to her, she's like, I finally found my person. I finally found my other half. And I'm so happy. Like, Mario jumps out and <laughs> stomps on them and murders them right in front of her I eyes. I think just leave him there to, to, to hang out. Well, if, oh. I mean, if you... But you know what happens you might hop you out Damon yeah. kills She runs away. Yeah, them. she runs away. So then, yeah. Either way, her her whole her dream is dashed. Yes, exactly. Maybe, maybe uh, Mario Odyssey is secretly an allegory for catfishing mm-hmm. in the way that Thor Ragnarok so. is for colonialism. I think so. I think <laughs> yeah. you're right. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I think you're I could right write an essay that. about that. Yeah, perfect. Uh, one of the Goombats is so far across the desert yeah, from the, where the, the Goombas desert. are, and you just get in the Goomba yep. and you just walk. Yep, I did. That's, <laughs> that's I, did. What, I just I'm walked like, the whole way. I'm like, <laughs> surely there funny. must you be. You walk across the desert <laughs> yeah. to get to There her. must be another way. And then she's thrilled. And then you hop out and you're like, ah! And then she disappears and you crush them. Yep. <laughs> the most mundane things video games have made me do. Yeah. And one of our coworkers called Goombas Roombas several times the other day. Yeah. Not sure if it was on purpose. Darren Brazil. <laughs> it was not on purpose. Someone who's not part of our regular editorial team. Wow. Well, yeah. He knows Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got some great fan art this week. Look at this one. This, this is, is so This is so impressive. Cool. That's incredible. Bring up the close up here. We've got this Ninja Turtles up fan in art. It's so good. I would pay money for this. You can. For this. You can, um, yeah. Just include it in that envelope and send it back. <laughs> Return address. <laughs> and this came from, uh, this is uh, from really Jeffrey awesome. Stephen in Alberta, Canada. It's so good. He sent a letter here. I'll read, I'll hold up the art so you can admire it. I love that the, all four turtles are the are shouting GameScoop in the address oh, there. That's great. <laughs> that's really good. It says, I hope you all are well. I love the show. Always have it playing in my headphones while I'm at the drawing table. While you guys cool. asked for envelope art, I started to laugh because it reminded me when I was a child, I had a subscription to Nintendo Power Magazine and finally got enough nerve to send in some envelope art. I spent the better part of two days working on a TMNT piece. My mother took me to the post office, sent it to the good old USA. The lady working at the counter got me to fill out the info for sending international post. After paying for postage, she took the envelope and without looking placed a large international stick (laughs) over the drawing. (laughs) I never sent in another piece of envelope art again until now. Now I can close a dark chapter in my life. But is it, <laughs> I wonder if his art is in Nintendo Power. Yeah. Well, with a big yeah, international, with the big international yeah. That's great. Thank you for sending that's that to gorgeous. us. That's really awesome. That's so really yeah, I really cool. like this. Is it silver highlight? I don't know. It's just, it's awesome. 
Yeah. I got. I want to look. Yeah, it's shading, Jeffrey. Yeah, it looks, wow. He didn't include a website, but I'd love to look up yeah, more of his work. Seriously, he's got his email. Here. The rest of your I'm going to reach out to him over email. See if he's. So we, we may be seeing him in the future. Uh, comic book artist, right I mean, here. Yeah. This yeah. Is incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. All right, and that brings us to video game twenty questions. David, do you know how this works? No. All right. You know how the game twenty questions? Extra questions. You know how the game twenty questions works? Usually you're thinking of a thing, you ask 20 questions. and then you have 20 yes or no questions oh, okay. to guess the thing. In this case, it's a video game. Uh, we've got uh, our listener sent in a suggestion. I Jonathan. Like, I know. It's so stressful. Oh, I was here man. last time, and I like shut down emotionally. Yeah. Jonathan, But we from, won. Yeah, not thanks to me. <laughs> Jonathan from Colorado <laughs> sent in this week's suggestion. Good. Let the questioning begin. Does, All right. Does, well, let's, let's just set this. Let's, we get do, 20 we, questions do we want to win this, or do we want to have fun? I, <laughs> Let's see how far it, we it get. It all depends time. on what Justin's about to say. If it has not been apparent by now, I strictly play this show just to spoof and goof as much as possible. <laughs> because he's been quite asking a lot of questions about hats recently. Yeah. Okay. We're back. In, Are we're, we just waiting for it to be Mario Odyssey? This, uh, year, years from now, this will be known as my second hat period. <laughs> yes. Can we um, call this spoofs and goofs now? The hat yeah, dynasty. <laughs> Twenty hat questions, dynasty. spoofs and goofs edition. Uh, can you see your character's hands? Yes. Is this game from the before the year 2000? No. Is it a console exclusive? Yes. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, what is wait, it? No, go back we around. We all know what it is, Harry. <laughs> you uh, have to. <laughs> is, it, uh, is, it, is it from the, uh, the Wii PS3 360 console era? No. Is it from the now era? The now era. Can you be more specific? Is it from the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC Forever era? And Switch. Yes. Switch yes. Yeah. That's five it's questions. Contemporary game. Contemporary game. Is it a third-person game? Yes. Uh, Does a character wear a hat? <laughs> uh, ooh, a maybe. character? Does the main <laughs> character wear a hat? Does the main character wear a hat? No. By the way, as an aside... <laughs> Last week, let me just tell last week I said, Does your character wear a hat? And David said yes. And I said, Is the hat functional? Does it serve a specific purpose? Uh-huh. Like, you know, protection or is it yeah. ornamentary? And David said functional. And then I'm gonna file I filed an official grievance <laughs> because the game was Sneak King and you were Burger King and he wears a crown. I'm like, that's not functional. That's not but, functional. But it so, could be that his whole mask <laughs> is his head. It's substantial. Well, so then, then we got in like it got pretty esoteric and yeah. we got because then it's like, are you a man wearing <laughs> a Burger King yeah. mask or are you the actual king? And then uh, my 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 reasoning for the functional thing is that it, the, its function is to uh, signify royalty. Mm. But may, maybe that's maybe mm. I'm maybe I'm incorrect. I, I, by the way, where are we? So you so don't wear hats. It's, <laughs> hey, it's uh, a third person game, console exclusive. Mm-hmm. Is it exclusive? Is it a PS4 exclusive? Yes. Is it made in Japan? No. Oh boy. Is it multiplayer? No. That's a good one. That's ten. Uh. Do you do you sorry? Do you play as a woman? Yes, I bet it's Horizon. But wait, so by the way, mean, extra rule: if you mm-hmm. guess the game, but then it's not the game, you lose. Okay. So yeah, you need to be pretty, pretty sure. Okay. Does this take place in the future? Yes. Yeah. Do you do you take down giant robot dinosaurs? Yeah. Sure do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got there. You didn't Good. do the DLC. 
No, it was not Horizon Zero Dawn Frozen One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, was it cold? The, uh, yeah. <laughs> suggestion from Jonathan from Colorado. Nice. I think you Good took one. it pretty easy on us. I will take it, but well, I knew it was going to be David's first time. I wanted to be gentle with him. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. Make it too yeah, difficult, and also bad. break the losing streak. I also yeah, that's true. Yeah. Played a heck of a lot of that game, so yeah. I should have contributed game. more. But I had mm-hmm. one good question yeah. and one that I stole from Dustin. That's okay. She might the hat one? Yeah. The multiplayer one. Like well, but the multiplayer the player question is great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's good. No, I want to get back to that game now that Frozen Wilds is out. I haven't gotten to yet. Same. Same. But, I uh, will get to that DLC mm-hmm. eventually because I have some crops I need to tend to in Stardew Valley. Yeah. Like, I am on year two. It's getting real. We're voting. We're starting Game of the Year voting tomorrow. Tomorrow. By the, well, by the time this publishes, we will have probably already held the meeting. And I think Horizon, I mean, we'll see how it shakes out, but that's absolutely one of the games on the short list. Yeah, so that sure. starts it's tomorrow. Actually, by the time you are uh, listening or watching this, our discussions will probably be ongoing. Our Game of the Year nominees go up December 4th Good on IGN.com. And we're... Uh, we're, uh, it's going to be a tremendous amount of work between now and then. And then, speaking of tomorrow, Terry, is it true that early impressions of a certain movie go out tomorrow? Is, is that, this is that, going up tomorrow? This will be up tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Then, yes, because by the time this goes up, they will probably have been up okay, as yeah, well. Yeah. So you can expect to hear early impressions of Justice League. Justice League going up tomorrow. film I have seen. Yeah. Terry has seen it. I have seen and it. And can say nothing more. I have not seen it. No. no it was, uh, I, I have seen it. Uh, Jim Veveda, our movies editor, will be reviewing it. We do not know when the review will be going really? up. But I would imagine. Presumably before next Wait, wait. Person. But your impressions can go up tomorrow too? There like, is a social embargo. Social media. Well, should, mm-hmm. can you, so can you say anything about it? Then? I believe so. If this is this going is up, up after 9 a.m. It'll be up after 9 a.m. Perfect. <gasps> and we the can, movie's can perfect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10, 10 out of 10. Um, No, I cannot say anything that suggests a scoring of it. There are very specific rules to the social embargo. Wonderful. But what I will say is uh, I had a lot more fun in this as someone who really disliked Suicide Squad and had issues with Batman versus Superman. Mm -hmm. This movie has a job of making you want to care about the Justice League. And I think that you do. And that is great. How much mom stuff is in it? You do not hear the name. I I only answer that that question. Actually, no, I guess there is a, a relatively decent amount of mom stuff because Martha Kent is a character in mm. this film. Mm. Do uh, do any characters talk to fish? I like that this is 20 <laughs> questions as well. <laughs> there is discussions about do characters talk to fish, I will say that. Apparently it's more complicated than that. All right. Okay. All right. Look for uh, more of uh, Terry's social media impressions. Fish yeah, probably all 280 characters of it. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can share more thoughts yeah, now. Yeah, perfect timing. Maybe that's, that's really nice. why they like held it on this specific day instead of earlier because mm-hmm. they knew about that uh, Twitter expansion. When are you seeing Last Jedi? Do you know? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Like, so we don't know. But in the past, based on precedent, the first time people actually see it is at the premiere, mm-hmm. which I believe has been held like the Monday of the week of release. So uh-huh. it's gonna be it's gonna be close. So it's a late one coming in hot. Yeah, they're very protective of those yeah. Star Wars movies, and mm-hmm. you know, the, with all the Disney stuff going on in the LA Times ban, uh, I yeah. don't know how much you guys have been paying attention to that. But um, it's clear Disney can be very protective of their properties, sure. and they they like to say it is a, a privilege and not a right for press to have access to the movies, and have set the precedent of no press screenings of these films before mm-hmm. um, before the premiere, which is stressful when you're trying to create a lot of content yeah. Yeah. in time for release for you guys at home and ladies. 
All right, that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Uh, Terry and David, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having always us, guys. Us. Always a pleasure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Justin and Sam, you guys were pretty good, too. No, we tried. You guys aced that yeah. horizon. Yeah. I'm very on, yeah. True. Uh, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank, thank, you. thank you. David, thank you, Terry. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Let me tell you how I get to work. I get into my car, drive it out to Arlington. Don't even think about it anymore. With the other jerks, take exit 44, drive a half mile underground, and then I go to war. Got hired on the DARPA grant, a month on fellowship, that was 1999, now I run the fucking ship. In my office there's a picture of the president and me, he's smiling for the camera. But only with his team I thought it would be different In the Virginia underground They said I'd make a difference They said I should be proud I wish I could remember But I am not allowed You'll never know what hit you I'll never make a sound Six just lighting up the map Started double boxing it So they sent me to Iraq They put me up in the Sultan Suite at the Palestine Hotel Got some fiber and an M15 And I started raining hell Two Marines outside the door And another on the roof I never left the building once But it sure beat the sleeping anymore. Got some pills from the Langley boys and I started seeing stars. I thought it would be different in the Virginia underground. They said I'd make a difference. They said I should be proud. I wish I could remember, but I am not allowed. You'll never know what hit you. I'll never make a sound. I thought it would be different in the Virginia underground. They said I'd make a difference. They said I should be proud. I wish I could remember, but I am not allowed. You'll never know what hit you. I'll never make a sound.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.